Are you ready to dive into the powerful truth the kingdom of heaven has for us? Let's join our host, Ruth Hendrickson, for Real Truth with Ruth as we dive into the Word of God. Hey everyone, welcome. It's good to be with you. Go ahead and hit that share button. Let's just invite others to join us as we journey into the Word of God. So here's my question. What's your identity? We've been talking a lot in Christian circles about identity and what it is and what it is not. And often we're going to talk about our identity as being in um, our, our position as a father or mother, as a parent or maybe our job as a CEO or a teacher or a nurse or a doctor, photographer, whatever that is. Um, Of course, uh, a homemaker is also a position. You fill in the blank. So what's your identity? Then in the spiritual realm, we'll often talk about it being a son or a daughter of God, the bride of Christ. Um, You know, we'll take it the beloved. Okay, so what's your identity there? But one of the things that we often don't have in that uh, spiritual identity is as a priest or a king. And that's actually what we're going to talk about. So as I've been seeking the face of God, as I've just been leaning into him, I've sensed a number of things that we as a body of Christ really need to work on. And I feel this is a call to attention from the heavenly realms, and it's really an invitation to step into the role of being a major influencer in the kingdom of heaven. And this has to be with being a priest or a king. Okay, and this is terminology that in in this culture I live in, anyways, we really don't understand. We don't think too much about. So again, there's been such this push to know your identity in Christ, which is important. It's vital, okay? And we work on the areas of knowing that we're loved, we're valued, we're created in the image of God, we're a son and daughter of God, and so forth. In fact, one of the things that I have is an emotional healing ministry called Mashah. And that's one of the key things that we work with people on is knowing their identity. Because when we understand who God created us to be, everything shifts, everything changes. We're redefined in the original intent that he has for us. But again, we often don't think of the priesthood of believers. So how many of you guys want more of God? Okay. How many of you really want to step into and experience greater rounds of glory? I know certainly I do. How many of us want to have a greater impact on those around us? I do. Okay. How about you? Is that something that you're really longing for? So again, here's the thing. Identity determines function. And just say that identity determines function. My identity, your identity will determine how we function throughout our lives, how we process things, the viewpoint from which we see things. So as we talk about being a priest, what's the function of a priest? Well, in Numbers 1, 49 to 53, it says, only you from the tribe of Levi, nor take the census. Sorry, let me try that again. Only you number the tribe of Levi, nor take the census of them among the children of Israel. But you will appoint the Levites over the tent of testimony and over all its vessels and over all things that belong to it. They will carry the tabernacle and all the vessels. They will minister to it. They will camp around the tabernacle. When the tabernacle sends out, the Levites will take it down. And when the tabernacle is to be set up, the Levites will set it up. 
and the foreigner, foreigner that approaches will be put to death. The children of Israel will pitch their tents, every man by his own standard, throughout the armies. But the Levites will camp around the tabernacle of the testimony. So there will be no wrath on the congregation of the children of Israel. And the Levites will keep the charge of the tabernacle of the testimony. Okay, so job function of the priests. Okay, they set up the tabernacle. They camped around it. In other words, they stayed in the presence of God. And they provided a place for the people to meet with God. Okay, 1 Peter 2, 1 to 5, and I'm going to read it out of the Passion Translation. It says, so abandon every form of evil, deceit, hypocrisy, feelings of jealousy, and slander. In the same way that nursing infants cry for milk, you must intensely crave the pure spiritual milk of God's word. For this milk will cause you to grow in maturity, fully nourished and strong for life, especially now. Just say, especially now that you have had a taste of the goodness of Yahweh and have experienced his kindness. So keep coming to him who is the living stone, though he was rejected and discarded by men, but chosen by God and is priceless in God's sight. Come and be his living stones who are continually being assembled into a sanctuary for God. For now you serve as holy priests offering up spiritual sacrifices that he readily accepts through Jesus Christ. Did you catch that? For now, just say now, for now, you serve as holy priests, offering up spiritual sacrifices that he readily accepts through Jesus Christ. So one of our identities is as a priest that determines our job function, which is to make space for people to meet with God. Isn't that cool? Okay, so as a priest, not only do we stay in the presence of God, do we usher in the presence of God, we make a way for others to be in the presence of God. So what difference would it make if we truly understood what it meant to be a spiritual house, okay, or a meeting place for God and his people? This means, we've talked about this before, that every place where we set our feet, we shift atmospheres, right? It belongs to the kingdom of heaven. Every conversation that we have, every conversation that we have, we provide and have the capacity to bring in or to allow for, would be a better term, to allow for an encounter with God. Isn't that cool? When you think about that, that's, that's what we're supposed to be. When we talk about bringing heaven to earth, doesn't that change everything? Zach Neese makes the comment that only priests can steward tabernacles and only priests can set up meetings between men and God. This tells us that when you, as a priest, enter into the room, the laws in that room actually change. You see, when we enter in as a priest, carrying the presence of God, carrying the realm of heaven, carrying the laws of heaven, it says that sickness has to flee, death can't stand, grief is comforted, broken hearts are bound up, chains are broken, captives are set free, ancient ruins are rebuilt. When we enter into the room, we bring the law of heaven, which will always supersede the laws of earth. So there's, there's no shame in this message. It's encouragement and it's power. You see, we, we need to begin to dream this with him. How are you doing it dreaming with God? How are you doing it dreaming the impossible with God? That's one of the things that he's really taught me over the years, especially like the past five years, is to dream these impossibilities with him, to dream from heaven's perspective, from heaven's laws, from heaven's standpoints. 
and allow it to well up within me an expectation that what I'm dreaming with him will actually manifest on the face of this earth, that I will see it. It's, it's pushing out the doubt and the fear and the discouragement and pulling in the mandates of heaven. So another thing that the priests are responsible for is releasing a blessing. Now, blessings can't be half-hearted. They really can't be, um, let me put it this way, a blessing needs to be authentic, authentic and it needs to be warranted. So one of the things I want you to do this week, we have a homework assignment here, is to ask the Lord for an authentic word of blessing for somebody and then do it. Now, that could be a written word where you're going to send them a card, a note, call them. It could also be an action where you're going to um, go do something for them. It could be that he tells you to purchase something and give it to them. The thing is to spend time with the Holy Spirit, ask him who, ask him for the who. And then once you have the who, ask him for what that blessing is, how it looks, how do you do it? Because blessings can carry the power and the authority to catapult somebody into their God-ordained destiny. That's really important. Blessings, like a prophetic word, okay, These, this is something that's similar within both, is that blessings can carry the power and the authority to catapult somebody into their God-ordained um, destiny. Biblical blessings carry the power to release a reaction. Newton's law of motion. Okay. For every motion, there's an equal and opposite reaction. That's actually true from an earthly standpoint, but from a heavenly standpoint, it's not from a heavenly standpoint. The, the law is for every earthly or demonic action. There is a heavenly reaction that is not equal to, but rather far surpasses is far superior to that action. In other words, what Satan intends for harm, God will use for good. Okay, he's he's gonna he's gonna thwart that. He's gonna far surpass what we in our humanness, where we lack, where we fall short. God can come in and again use it for His good. Think of this, Joseph, who you know his his brothers sold him into slavery, which you know through jealousy and all that 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 accumulated in that action of selling him into slavery. But God, just say, but God. That action, which was meant for evil, actually began a chain reaction for life because that but God, he took that very thing, which was birthed out of jealousy, turned to hatred and ultimately used it to move Joseph into a position where people would be saved, where whole cultures would be saved, whole people groups would be saved. And included in that was his family. And it can be easy just to read through that because we know the end of the story, but put yourself as young Joseph having to walk this out. So if we're operating as priests, if we're making a way for the kingdom of heaven to come, how do we walk that out? How do we grow in understanding? How do we handle the season? How do you handle the season that you're in? What changes if you understand that you're a priest, that you carry that realm, that you usher, that you carry the presence, that you make space for people to meet with God? You see, it's the heart of God to raise up an authentic priesthood to bring heaven to earth and to show Jesus to the world. We're the bride of Christ. We're sons and daughters, absolutely. But we're also kings and priests. In Numbers 2, God instructed Israel how to organize the tents of the tribe. We talked about that, that the, the Levites would be right around the, the tent of meeting. Okay, or the tabernacle, rather. The tabernacle, they'd be right around the tabernacle. But the, um, the people, he told them how to, how to space out from that. It's interesting because when scholars have taken that and mapped it all out, it actually is in the sign of the cross with the tabernacle being in the middle. 
Okay. So think if you were flying over that and you look down at that, the powerful statement that would be. You see, even then, of course, God was looking ahead to the cross of Jesus Christ because the cross of Jesus Christ gave open access to heaven. And as priests and kings, we lead people through that. We lead people through to Jesus. So as a priest, you have to know the heart of God and the commands of God. As a king, you must know the heart of God and the commands of God. A great example of this is in 2 Samuel, where David and company were attending to transport the ark. Remember, God had given very, very specific instructions that the only ones to ever transport the ark were to be the Levites, the priests, and it was always to be carried on their shoulders. And remember Uzzah? He's the one who reached out to study the ark when the oxen stumbled. And God right there said, forget it. Well, you see, again, God had provided the instruction book and it wasn't being followed by the king, by the people, by the priests. Okay. And so, so whenever we're not following God's plan, we leave room for death and destruction rather than ushering in the presence of God. That's really important to remember when you want to compromise something. Okay. When you want to compromise the, the statutes of God, the mandates of God, the heartbeat of God. Because whenever we do that, it leaves this open door for death and destruction. We have to be obedient to him. That's our job. And the outcome of that obedience is his job. Okay, priests operate. The final thing I want to say here is that priests operate in the fear of the Lord. And over the years, we've really grown in the friendship of God, who God is. You know, I'm a friend of God, as the song went. And that's good because we are friends of God. That's really, really cool. But one of the things that we've seen as the years have gone on with, with growing in the friendship of God and that revelation unfolding, which has been so amazing, good and powerful, um, is that some have lost the fear of the Lord. So there's to be this tension between the love of the Lord and the fear of the Lord. It's to create this healthy, balanced tension as we grow in our relationship, you don't sacrifice one for the other. It's to be this continually growing and learning. Psalm 111.10 says, where can wisdom be found? It is born in the fear of God. Everyone who follows his ways will never lack his living understanding. And the adoration of God will abide throughout eternity. So as a priest, we have a responsibility to God and to the world around us to love what he loves and hate what hate what he hates, right? That's really important. We have a responsibility to the world around us, to our culture, to our families, to our friends, to our coworkers, where every place that we step, okay, every place that we put our feet, we actually have a responsibility to love what the Lord loves and hate what the Lord hates. So there's, if there's an area of sin that the Lord and God, you know, the Lord hates all sin, right? So we have a responsibility to hate the sin. What does the Lord love? Well, he loves his people. He loves creation. And we live in a world, at least here in the United States, that has seemingly lost the ability to disagree on things. Like if you disagree with me, you don't love me, which is not truth. That's not biblical truth. So what's the church's responsibility in that redefinition? It means we didn't do our job. Because we need to be modeling that sin the Lord doesn't love. I don't love it either. I hate that sin. But I love you and I see I see value in you, but it doesn't make the wrong right. Okay. So anyways, as a priest, we have a responsibility to God and the world around us to love what he loves and hates what he hates. With this comes a promise, and that is that we're not going to lack wisdom. So maybe the reason the church is lacking wisdom is because we have not loved what he loves and hates what he hates. Okay. And so we really need to work on that because godly wisdom 
is a protective hedge that wraps all around us. Godly wisdom will always produce fruit. You can go into Galatians 5, the fruit of the spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, gentleness, self-control. Those are all fruits of the spirit. They're, they're, it's, it's like they're fed or they're uh, nourished when we do life God's way. In other words, when we're walking in godly wisdom, wisdom sees the heartbeat of God and partners with the plans and purposes of God. Wise people also do not try to manipulate the glory of God, but they make space for the presence of God to come in. Why? Because when it comes right down to it, any land without the presence of God isn't your promised land. Any land without the presence of God is not your promised land. All right, let's pray. Heavenly Father, um, we need to learn to identify in the fullness of who you created us to be. So, Father, we've worked so hard on being sons, of being daughters, of being the bride of Christ, of being dearly beloved. But, Father, this whole concept of being part of the priesthood, man, that could be a huge jump for a lot of us. So, Father, we pray for courage to come in right now to, to begin to understand what it is to steward your presence, to make a way, to, to be that door that helps um, people who don't know you come to know you, that, to be that one that ushers in the kingdom of heaven, to be that one that carries your presence, that reflects your presence, that changes the laws, that, that changes the law of sickness, of death, of the, the, the one that when we walk in the room, the chains fall off. To be the one when, when we encounter grief that we bring comfort, God. To, to be the one that brings all the attributes of heaven. So, Father, we just come before you right now. And, Lord, we, we submit to you, Father. We, we step back into the fear of the Lord and in our position as priests. And, Lord, a priest understands your word or should understand your word. A priest knows your heartbeat. So, God. Give us eyes to see, ears to hear, hearts to understand your word, Father. Let it truly come to life. Let it pierce the very core of our being. And Father, also give us the encounters that we, we meet with you, that we know you, that we grow in wisdom. Father, we want the fullness of all you have. And Lord, forgive us where we stop short. We are all guilty, God. Just forgive us. Forgive us, God. Oh, Lord, we want to be passionately in love with you and serving you with, a, with as, our, as our friend, as our God, as our Savior, as our Redeemer, as God with a holy fear. So, Lord, we just come and ask you to make the way. Just thank you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, there you have it. Your assignment for today is to ask the Lord for a person who you can release a blessing over, then ask him for that blessing and how it looks and how to step out and do that. Wait until he has it and then um, take a deep breath and go for it and just do it. Um, I mentioned Michelle earlier. If you want to learn more about that, you can go to the website, which is ruthhendrickson.com. Michelle is our emotional healing and deliverance ministry. We have information on there with both how to be trained and also how to receive ministry yourself. So just check that out. And of course, on the website, there's a ton of other stuff. Just go and visit it. Please share this. Tell others. We want to continue to grow. Just imagine, just imagine what would happen. If the body of Christ began to operate 
as priests, what would change? Have a great day. Be so blessed. Remember, you are here for such a time as this. Never stop short. God has a call on your life, and it is good. If you enjoyed this podcast, please be sure to comment, like, review, and share it with others to help us reach more people. We also invite you to like and follow Ruth Hendrickson Ministries on Facebook or subscribe to the YouTube channel. We welcome your prayers and financial partnership to make this podcast possible. If you would like to financially support this ministry, please visit our website, ruthhendrickson.org.